Welcome to the Tub Talk Sports Podcast. I am your host, Donovan Place, and I am joined here by my co-host, Ben Schmidt and Colin Hansel. In today's episode, we are going to be talking about NFL free agency, and then once we get done with that, we will bring up the first four and a little bit more about the first round of the March Madness Tournament. Um, Boys, let's just get started. NFL free agency has been crazy so far. I mean, we, we, we potentially haven't even gotten to the craziest part. There's still some potential QB movement out there. Obviously, we've talked about Watson all offseason long. And then just to throw fire on the fire. Just to throw, Flame on the fire. Just to throw Flame gas on the fire. On, it's gas, gas on, on the fire. fire. Yeah. See, I, now you got me saying it wrong. Yeah. Just keep this in. I, I, we just keep this in. Let's just keep this um, in. We're uh, – Anyway, to throw, <laughs> to, to throw gas on the fire, Deshaun Watson has came under fire for uh, some allegations that I don't really want to speculate, but those will get worked out. So that's all. That's down the line. You have Darnold still out there. Best quarterback in the NFL, Trubisky, just signed in a great spot today. So that's still still to be looking forward to. And then the receiver market as well with Galladay, Juju still out there. If you want an older T.Y. Hilton, he could potentially be a more team-friendly deal. Kyle Fuller got cut today, so there's still plenty of great free agents out there, and I expect this this to continue on for at least the next couple of days and some free agents for, for the next couple of weeks. Yeah. yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, the NFL does a great job, it seems, of um, stretching out their offseason, similar to the way the NBA does it, where it's like year-round, there's always something going on with the NBA. Feels that way with the NFL too, except for, you know, maybe that little dry period in like June or July. But I mean, usually you just have the combine, they get free agency, the draft is coming up. So even, you know, this long, incredibly long off season, it's it's nice to keep getting this crazy NFL news. Yeah, so we're going to go uh, team by team, talk about some of the uh, bigger deals for each team. Uh, let's get started. My Buffalo Bills. Now, not too crazy in the offseason so far. Um, their biggest moves are re-signing Matt Milano and Levi Wallace, um, getting an extension for their offensive lineman, Darrell Williams. But then the two big free agent signings they had were Emmanuel Sanders and obviously Mitch Trubisky. Yeah, when you're as good of a team as the Bills are, it's not as much about spending big money like you see some of the mediocre teams trying to get over the top. It's more retaining your stars and filling the small holes you have. And the Bills have a pretty well-rounded roster anyway. I like the signing of Emmanuel Sanders. He's nowhere near uh, Denver or even Pittsburgh Emmanuel Sanders, but he'll he'll fill in nicely, especially in I think we would all agree that he's the, the third-best wide receiver there. At this point, he's behind Cole Beasley. So he'll fill a nice role there. You have an insurance policy in Trubisky. Obviously, he'll he'll be, I think, better than a lot of backups in the league, although he's had his struggles. I think he's better than, than certain guys across the league. So that fits well, and maybe he'll take away something from a mobile QB like Josh Allen. I love the Matt Milano re-signing. That's perfect for them. He's one of the best players on their defense, so to lock him up for four years, that was big for them. Really look ahead to the draft because the two biggest needs that they have left, and we've talked about this, is running back and defensive end. They need a pass rusher, and they need to be able to, to more balance that offense. I like Devin Singletary a lot, but if Najee Harris or Travis Etienne is there with their first-round pick, you have to go one of those two. And if they're both gone, I would expect them to lean pass rusher because that's their other need. 
Yeah. And signing Emmanuel Sanders is nice, especially like losing John Brown. Um, now you have him and Gabriel Davis behind your top three receivers. So um, it's always good to have that depth. Um, injuries happen. And I also I, I do like the uh, signings of the two offensive linemen, um, locking them up on three year deals, um, two solid linemen, including uh, Daryl Williams. So, yep. yeah, I like it. Good offseason yeah. for the Bills. Yeah, the Bills just didn't need to do much. Uh, obviously, they went all the way to the AFC Championship game, so they just need to fill in those key spots like Ben Messon, uh defensive line and running back. Um, it'll be interesting to see if uh, Najee Harris or Travis Etienne are there. Um, teams like I know like the Dolphins are in need of a running back, and they have like a pick. I think they're like a pick or two before the Bills. So it's going to be interesting to see um, – if they'll be able to follow them. But uh, speaking of Dolphins, let's move right on to the Miami Dolphins. Some of their key signings, we saw um, Will Fuller get signed today on a one-year deal, and we saw uh, a uh, Jacoby Brissett signing, and Malcolm Brown as well. Yeah, kind of uh, – they, they obviously weren't going to be as big players this offseason. We saw them make some really big deals last offseason – they got Kyle Vanoa, who's no longer on the team. They uh, got uh, Byron Jones to be their their big corner, along with Xavier Howard. So knew they weren't going to be as big players this year. I really like the Wolf Fuller deal if he's healthy. Deep threat potentially forms at least a good duo with Tua, as long as they believe that that he's their guy. So I like that, even though he'll have to sit out the first game. I think it's a very low-risk trade for Isaiah Wilson, who obviously – whatever issues he had in Tennessee, he just wasn't going to play there anymore. They have a seventh down pick for him. So that's kind of a low risk thing. And if he potentially maybe lives up to, to what they saw in him in the draft last year, Tennessee did, then uh, that could be a low risk, high reward type of thing. So not a lot of big moves. Maybe they like what they, I know they saw Jacoby Brissett. They signed him to a one-year deal. That was pretty interesting. You lose Fitzpatrick and Maybe Brian Flores is, is, for whatever reason, wants to continue that like two quarterback thing that he ran last year. So, not not a huge offseason, but not a bad one. Yeah, I love that Will Fuller signing. It was only one year, ten million, and I mean, you know, when he's healthy, we know how good he is. You pair him with Devontae Parker, um, and assuming Tua is their quarterback next year, you know, anything can still happen with Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson. Um, potential to be traded so anything can happen there and I yeah I like the Brissett signing he's their new Fitzpatrick um you just you it's good to have an, a nice veteran behind Tua or if they are to trade Tua um behind Wilson or Watson yeah I think uh Brissett's really going to be the underrated deal uh for this Dolphins team because we I mean, from what we've seen from Tua, we're not 100% sure if he is the guy in Miami. And we've seen Brissett have some success uh, with the Colts. But let's not forget, Brian Flores was a coach for the Patriots. Brissett used to be on the Patriots. So it'll be very interesting to see the connection. Uh, maybe Brissett thrives under uh, Brian Flores' system. And Malcolm Brown, very good too. We saw him have success with the Rams last year. Uh, let's move on to the Patriots, and I guess we can say they're a bit of the surprise of the offseason. A lot of us didn't see them as big spenders, but they went out and got a lot of pieces. I don't even know where to start, so let's uh, let's go Colin. Colin, 
what are some key signings that the Patriots have? It's just so unlike what we've seen from the Patriots in the past decade or two. Um, I don't think any of us really saw this coming, but ever since they moved on from Tom Brady, it's been a whole different um, feeling there. We didn't think Belichick and Cam would work. Um, and the reports were that last year they got along great and their, you know, different styles meshed well together. So they bring Cam back on a new one-year deal. This one's worth a little more though, but I still think it's um, solid value for a quarterback. One-year deal. You get two um, solid receivers around him. Nelson Aguilar had his best season last year and Kendrick Bourne has had um, a little success in uh, San Francisco. He's a nice locker room guy to, to uh, have around, and he's better than what they've had beforehand. They brought in two, not one, but two tight ends. Uh, Hunter Henry, who, you know, he's had issues staying healthy, but we know that he's a good tight end. And Johnu Smith, who's been very good the past year with Tennessee. Um, Henry's on a three-year deal. Johnu Smith on the four-year deal. Do you guys like that two tight end strategy? I do um, a lot of it because they have really struggled at that position, especially when whenever Gronk was either injured and then since Gronk has moved on to New England, they have struggled at that position. They've tried multiple different guys and it just hasn't worked. And then plus, we know that Cam Newton had his struggles with throwing the deep ball with all the arm injuries starting to pile up. And they got a lot of speed guys especially guys who can run a lot of underneath crossers. They can stretch the field, but Bourne and Nelson Aguilar can also run the crossers and the tight ends more underneath stuff. So it looks like they're going to be running, use Cam's mobility, stuff like that, and also maybe routes like that. So I think that, especially for what it looks like, what they want to run on offense, I think that's a good couple of signings. Yeah, and they got um, Matt Judon. I love that signing. I've been a huge fan of him in Baltimore. And they got Kyle Van Noy back after he was surprisingly cut by Miami. So he's back to a familiar area and they get um, what's his face. They get Hightower back who opted out last season. So that linebacking core is going to be completely revamped this year. Patrick Chung, um, he opted out last year. He did, I think, announce the day that he's retiring. Am I correct on that? Yep. I think so. Yep. Yeah. But either way, I mean, this is going to be a whole different new look team and I'm excited for it. I wasn't a huge fan of the Jalen Mills signing. I know that that helps a need, especially with Chung retiring. Um, I, w- I haven't been a huge fan with how he's played in Philly, but maybe under Bill Belichick, under that great, I guess, defensive organization that, that uh, New England is, maybe they, they see, see some, some talent there to really propel him to the next level. Outside of that, though, a lot of good signings. I just hope it's not the where – the big spenders in the offseason end up losing in the regular season because everyone picks them to win and they just fall short of expectations. But I think New England is is not going to fall into that category. Yeah, my thing with the uh, Patriots is that they now – the big issue was, especially with Tom Brady's last year at camp last year, um, the Patriots didn't have any weapons. And now he Cam Newton has weapons. My only issue is that – I mean, even as a Bills fan, I don't necessarily trust Cam Newton throwing the ball. So it'll be interesting to see if the Patriots then maybe target a quarterback in like the first or the second round. Um, it pro- More than likely, it would probably end up being a guy like Mac Jones or Kyle Trask they end up targeting. I don't think 
uh, a guy like Trey Lance or Justin Fields is going to fall to them. If they do, I'm more than certain that they will take him. But it's going to be very interesting because, I mean, Cam Newton struggled throwing the ball, just period. He just was not accurate regardless of his targets. Um, so it will be very interesting to see if Cam Newton can play up to the level we're used to him seeing or if they end up going after another quarterback. Um, the New York football Jets. Not a big offseason, but they did make some moves, signing defensive end Carl Lawson and two wide receivers that we expect to be along with a uh, new quarterback in Keelan Cole and Corey Davis. What do you guys think about these signings? I love I kind of, yeah, no, I like their offseason as well. I'll let you go, Colin. I was going to say, I love the Corey Davis signing. Mm-hmm. I think, um, you know, he had his best season last year with uh, the Titans. And if they're looking to draft either Wilson or Fields at number two, I think that's uh, huge to get him a guy like that. And potentially, even there's still reports out there that they're even talking to, to Juju Smith-Schuster about a potential deal. So a, a team without weapons potentially getting at least three of them this offseason, they still need a running back. The offensive line isn't great. There's still plenty of holes on that team. But they're definitely – starting to make it at least somewhat manageable for a, for a new rookie QB if that's the route they go. And you have to factor in that if they do go rookie QB, you would think they'd get at least some value for Darnold. I know some people think he's worth more than other people do, but um, I, I saw some stuff today about Juju potentially wanting to play with Darnold again, which I don't know, that'll lead me to think on those reports that they would stick with Darnold, but I just don't think at this point the Jets can. I think they need to move on from him. Yep. Uh, let's move on to the Baltimore Ravens. Baltimore, we expected them to go after a wide receiver. Maybe it wasn't a wide receiver one, but we did expect them to go after a wide receiver. Nothing as of yet. There's still obviously a couple guys down there. But Baltimore just really re-signing a bunch of their key guys and then signing the offensive guard, Kevin Zietler. I think I'm saying yeah. that wrong. Z- oh, I said it right. Sweet. Zietler or Zietler? I don't know. Z- Kevin Zietler. I like that signing Zeitler. for them. He's a good interior yeah. offensive lineman. Uh, you can never have too much protection for your quarterback. They need a weapon. I read a report a couple of weeks ago that they were out on some of the big names, which I guess does surprise me, but I still think even if they were out on the big names, they need to get someone like maybe have gone after someone like a Keelan Cole or even a Corey Davis who wasn't the like elite wide receiver as, as like Juju or Kenny Galladay. I still think they need to target someone. And there's still guys out there for sure, but we'll see which direction to try to go. I could totally see – if they're not wanting an elite wide receiver, someone who could fit that team's mold, especially like a running team, a lot of fast wide receivers, maybe going after Cordell Patterson. He's a guy that you can use as a running back as well. And for, for a team that likes to run the ball, you could do a ton of stuff with him and Lamar. But uh, if, if they're not going to an elite wide receiver, someone in that range is, is what I would think they would target. Yeah, and I like the Derek Wolf signing um, on a team-friendly contract. I think that's yep. a good guy to bring back. Um, uh, Cincinnati Bengals, surprisingly uh, active offseason. I'm um, signing a lot of defensive guys like Trey Hendrickson, Larry. I'm gonna mess this up. Joby, Ogan Joby. Sure, yep, yep. And then uh, Chidobi Awuzie. Awuzie. <laughs> I messed that up, didn't I? You're close enough. Close enough. I'll take it. Um, those were some key guys that they signed, along with a bunch of others. Um. How do you like the uh, Bungles offseason? This is kind of the second offseason row where they spent at least some money. 
they they will definitely benefit from they signed last year Trey Waynes to a pretty big deal and he didn't play for them at all so that's essentially if he's healthy this year like another free agent acquisition so they definitely spent a lot of money on the defensive side of the ball now the focus just has to be offensive line from the rest of the offseason you have to protect Burrow because that offensive line is horrible and then I've also seen people who who want them to get another weapon use that first round pick I potentially or I think it's more important for them to get a weapon. I like Boyd and T Higgins. They did lose AJ Green, but he wasn't really doing a whole lot for them last year anyway. So maybe they go one more wide receiver in free agency, and then I would spend that draft pick on an O lineman. I think uh, I think the draft class you can get a, a a decent sleeper wide receiver in the second or third round, I believe. Um, so I don't think they'll use their first round pick on a receiver. I think they're gonna pray that Penny Sewell, if I said that name right, will yeah. uh, fall into the lap at five. If they doesn't, they'll probably reach for, I think it's the Virginia Tech guy. Derisaw but... or Slater from Northwestern. Yeah, that too. So it's going to be interesting to see if he falls to them or if they're going to have to kind of reach for an uh, offensive line because that is a desperate need for the Bungles. Now, the Cleveland Browns, same deal, not a huge offseason. They did sign safety John Johnson, cornerback uh, Troy Hill, and they re-signed linebacker um, Malcolm Smith and wide receiver Rashard Higgins. Well, well here's the thing with the – I love the John Johnson signing because he, he was great in Los Angeles. But we've kind of seen a trend where these uh, Rams defensive players, um, like Corey Littleton last year with the Raiders – um, and what was the other guy's name? It was Tremaine. Um, ben, can you help me out here? I cannot. Um, you, anyways, it's been a trend with these Rams defensive players signing elsewhere and not playing up to their potential or as good as they played beforehand. So we'll see if this works out. I think it will. Um, Johnson is a great player. He had a great season last year. Um, and it's not on a terrible deal either. I like the signing for Cleveland a lot. And they had – I know Ben's going to mention this. Andrew Sandejo, um, if you get him out of the building, replace him with any competent safety, that's a big upgrade. <laughs> and by the way, the player you're thinking was Tremaine Johnson. So Johnson, yes. Yep. yep, I know who you're talking about. Yeah, I like I like the moves in the secondary. That's really about it. They they struggled there last year. Denzel Ward's a good young, young defensive back, but they struggled in the secondary. So getting a corner and a safety – if they can play anywhere near their level in LA, it's definitely an upside from what they had last year. We know that they're good on the offensive side of the ball. They played well there last year and they're getting Odell back this year. So really just sure up a few things on defense. They spent a lot of money in the last couple of seasons. So I didn't really figure them to be big players anyway. Yeah. I like the re-signing of Richard Higgins when Odell went down last year, Higgins played a bigger role in that offense along with uh, Jarvis Landry and Donovan's people's Jones. I think, Higgins will be a very good third, fourth option for the Browns. Um, and, I mean, the more weapons you give Baker, the better he's going to be that tough AFC North. Um, let's go to the Steelers. Steelers, obviously bringing back uh, Big Ben Roethlisberger. That's a questionable decision. Um, they also agree to uh, their kind of special teamers, uh, Ray Ray McLeod. But they did lose a handful of guys on defense, as we saw. Yeah, so, and and they also lost uh, Pouncey too. So my concern for the Steelers is 
especially with uh, Big Bang coming back after having subpar year last year, are the Steelers going to be anywhere as good as they were last year? With that defense, they have a chance to compete. I don't think that they'll win the division again this year. I wasn't necessarily a huge fan of the Big Ben re-signing. I know he's been there forever, and it's so tough to let him walk. I just think at this rate, especially – I know he took a contract. Uh, he took a pay cut, but I think they would have been better off moving on, starting somewhere new. But, yeah, this team just has so little cap space. We'll see if they find a way to bring Juju back. I doubt it at this point. They 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 were going to have some troubles this offseason, and that showed. Yeah, I – do not like their offense whatsoever. They lose Juju Smith-Schuster. You got old Ben Roethlisberger. I don't like their run game. Um, not a lot of positive – and losing some pieces on defense, um, not a positive offseason for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And I'm not loving them going into next year with how good their division has been. Yeah, it'll be very interesting. Um, I think I said it at our, like, kind of pre-offseason prediction – we had I had a uh, Sam Darnold actually going to the Steelers to kind of sit for your be a backup for Big Ben um as you mentioned earlier Juju kind of wants to play with Sam Darnold maybe they trade for Sam Darnold and sign Juju that may uh that may save their offseason some lives but let's go to the AFC South and the uh Houston Texans and surprisingly they have made a lot of moves as well um, so let's, Ben, why don't you just start us off with some of the big signings for the Houston Texans? Yeah, they're, they're in a tough spot. The roster's not very good overall, but they've been, they've been making surprisingly good moves for, for what they have. They made a lot of defensive moves. They signed, I believe like five or six defensive backs in total. A lot of them are lower to mid tier, but you can never have too many guys. I like some of the linebacker moves like Camille Gruger Hill. They signed him to a one-year deal, getting Shaq Lawson defensive end. And then a couple of linemen, I like Marcus Cannon as well. So really with the situation that they're in, they're, I think they're doing the best they can. I think it's not going to get any better until you move on from Watson, though. Yeah, and I, I think the, uh, the Shaq Lawson trade and the uh, Christian Kirksey signing are both solid. Um, they made some solid moves. Um, Mark Ingram can never hurt on a one-year deal as your backup running back. And they brought in Tyrod to that one-year deal. So – you're right. Lots to be seen still with what happens with Deshaun Watson. Obviously, they lost J.J. Watt. They lost Will Fuller. Um, it's still a lot to be seen. We have no idea if they trade Watson where they're going to be picking in the draft or anything yet. So, big stuff. Yeah. Uh, a big signing. Maybe not a big signing, but a key loss for the Bills was Andre Robert. Andre Robert was a uh, Pro Bowl returner for, I think, three years for the uh, Buffalo Bills. He signs a two-year deal with the Texans. I'm sure he'll play a little wide receiver for them as well, especially with losing uh, Will Fuller. So it'll be it'll be interesting to see. They have a lot of new pieces. Um, maybe Deshaun Watson stays. Maybe maybe they put together a semi-decent year. And what I'm just going to go out and say, very weak ASC South. Um, Colts, not a big offseason. Um pretty much the Carson Wentz trade. And then they re-signed Marlon Mack for a cheap deal. Any, any, anything you want to bring about the Colts? I was surprised by the Marlon Mack deal. I thought they were going to roll forward with the receiving and running back duo of Naheem Hines, the receiving back and Jonathan Taylor, who really 
down the stretch was really good for them. So I thought they were going to move forward with just that. I was surprised, but I guess you can never have too many running backs. I guess it's Chris Ballard's theory. Yeah, and this is a team that uh, past few years, this feels like they've had a solid amount of money to spend and they haven't spent the whole lot of it. Um, I know now they have Wentz and they, you know, traded for Buckner last year, took up some cap. They'll be so, extending uh, uh, Nelson, I would assume, at some point. Yeah, yeah, he's gonna get. He's gonna be the highest paid lineman in NFL history. So yeah, I. I mean, they don't have to make a ton of moves. I like their roster right now, and they have moves to make in the draft still. Right now, they look like. Um, they definitely look like my pick out of the uh, AFC South. Agreed. Uh, let's move on to Jacksonville. We obviously expect them to take Trevor Lawrence number one overall. They got him a couple. Uh, I mean, they got him a couple receivers in Philip Dorsett and Marvin Jones. They signed the running back Carlos Hyde, and on they made a lot of moves on defense too with uh, Shaquille Griffin and Malcolm Brown. Yeah, really good offseason for Jacksonville. Like you said, building around Trevor Lawrence, which I don't think any of us believe that they're going to take anyone else with that pick, or I think it'd be stupid if they did. So good offseason there. I love the Marvin Jones deal, and I love the Shaquille Griffin deal, getting a good corner on defense and then getting another weapon to pair with DJ Chark on offense. Cam Robinson getting the franchise tag. I like that as well. So some good moves. Yeah, assuming they're going with Trevor Lawrence, now you got him with Chark, Marvin Jones, veteran, and uh, LaVisca Chenault. So he's got some nice weapons. Um, they could still use a tight end, but I also like the Griffin signing. Um, Seattle lost their top corner, though. We, we're, we've been talking about Seattle. We'll talk about them later, but that's big news as well. It is. Um, Tennessee Titans, they've made a lot of moves on defense so far this year. Um, they signed Bud Dupree, which is a huge deal for the Titans, especially that they needed help on the linebacker core. Janoris, da- Janoris Jenkins, excuse me, and um, – yeah, that's those are the two kind of big guys they signed on defense. Also, bringing back Anthony Bursker. We'll see how the Janoris Jenkins move worked out. I liked him a lot in New Orleans, but also he had a lot of more with him, so it wasn't as much pressure as like the cornerback one role where we see a lot of guys shadow the other team's best receiver. I would assume that that'll be different for him in Tennessee, especially after they let Malcolm Butler walk or I believe cut him this year in free agency. So we'll see how that works out. I like Bud Dupree. He could potentially be overpaid near the end of that contract, depending how the first couple of years go. But this, this is a team that struggled on defense. You know, with Tannehill, AJ Brown and Derek Henry on offense that you're going to be able to score. We'll see how big of a loss Corey Davis ends up being for them. But the, the, the focus was definitely defense and they've at least attempted to do that so far. I love obviously Bud Dupree is the um, big signing there, but I love the Danico Autry signing. Um, he he had a great uh, season last year with the Colts. He had seven and a half sacks, and he was very effective for them the year before that too. Um, he's consistent. He's a veteran. Uh, they got him three years, twenty one mil. Love Danico Autry. And they got him from a division rival. So I love that signing. Very good. Uh, let's move on to the AFC West. Uh, Broncos, couple moves. Uh, defensive tackle Shelby Harris, cornerback Ronald Darby, and they franchise tag Justin Simmons, which is kind of 
outside of Lamar Miller, they're, I think, most talented defensive player. I will say I don't – I was kind of surprised that about their willingness to get rid of Phillip Lindsay because um, they, they, res- they rescinded the restricted free agency and let him walk. They did pick up Mike Boone, I guess, to be the new RB2. Um, that doesn't totally surprise me because they just hired George Patton to be their new GM, and he was the guy – in Minnesota. So I know he's seen him a bunch and Mike Boone has shown some flashes. So be a nice change of pace back with, with Melvin Gordon. I still don't think he's on Philip Lindsay's level though. So that kind of surprised me. We'll see how well Darby plays there. They, they need it in the secondary. He's, he's had some moments, but he's also had games where he's just been picked on and it just has not gone well for him. So that's could be potentially more of a wild card. Yeah. And I don't think they're done They're um, They have, reportedly had interest in a cornerback that just got released that we're going to talk about later. So I don't think they're done yet, but um, yeah, low key off season uh, retaining Justin Simmons right now is the, you know, main priority for them. So we'll see what happens with Von Miller though. Lots of time left. Let's uh, let's move on to the defending AFC champions, the Kansas city chiefs. Uh, they cut a couple linemen early on, but then they came back and signed some new linemen. Kyle Long out of retirement just signed with the Chiefs. And Joe Thune, uh, a five-year, $80 million contract, big deal. And then the defensive end, Taco Charlton. Yeah, yeah it, was, it was surprising to see them cut the tackles off rip, but then to go and get two, as long as they're healthy, two really good level offensive guards is – I, I guess their their feeling is more that the interior off, offensive line is more important to them. I wish a, a certain team up in Minnesota would, would pick up some guards. But anyway, as long as those two stay healthy, Long and Thune, that's going to be huge for them. They also brought back Mike Remmers. That's three out of the five starting offensive linemen. And that's a good thing for them because this team is is, is good from head to toe on paper, except on the offensive line. And that's where they got exposed in the Super Bowl. So I understand why that was such a focus. Yeah, and we uh, we know how much um, help that offensive line needs after watching that Super Bowl performance, losing um, both their tackles before that game. So, yeah, it's – I mean, I, I still don't love their offensive line. The Thune signing is a big splash that I didn't expect. They gave him a lot of money. But, you know, it'll surely be a big help. And they got Kyle Long on a very uh, friendly deal which he shouldn't have gotten more than that because he's coming out of retirement, but nice signing for them. Yep. It'll be, uh, be very interesting. If, the, if those guys can stay healthy, I think it'll be a good signing. Um, Colin, let's go to your Vegas Raiders with, let's just say a uh, very interesting approach to the off season. Let's, let's just have you take this all away. Well, we know how unpredictable this front office is. They started off with a nice signing of uh, Yannick Nagakwe. Um, he's still 25 years old, I believe, and they got him two years, $26 million for some much-needed pass rush help. So I love that signing. Um, got Quentin Jefferson. I think that's a nice little underrated signing. I think he'll help uh, in the interior. They also traded for Solomon Thomas, former number three pick for the San Francisco 49ers. I know he struggled, but um, he's still very talented. Maybe a change of scenery will help with that. Also, uh, I want to point out uh, Solomon Thomas was the uh, 
third overall pick in the trade that the Bears <laughs> traded up for to get Mitch Trubisky. So let's never forget. Never forget. God awful trade. Um, <laughs> and then the crazy news with the Raiders this offseason, uh, um, hard to wrap your head around is the offensive line movement that they've had. Started off with um, Trent Brown, who signed a massive deal a couple of years ago, highest paid lineman in the league. And he hardly played because he was injured the entire time. Um, and some were questioning his willingness to um, play. Some thinks he got the bag and, you know, didn't care too much to uh, come back and play. Um, he missed nearly all of last season. And they said, we're trading you. We're not holding on to this contract for you to not play. So they trade Trent Bound back to New England where he won a Super Bowl. And then they end up cutting Rodney Hudson. Well, originally they said they were going to release him. He's been one of the best linemen in football for years. And just out of nowhere, they say they're releasing Rodney Hudson. Turns out he kind of wanted out. They end up finding a trade partner for him getting a third-round pick, which is nice. Um, And they ended up bringing back Richie Incognito and Denzel Good, um, both very good for the Raiders last season. And they also got Nick Martin center to replace Hudson from the Houston Texans. So I don't think the offensive line is in shambles. I still think it's pretty solid. You still have Colton Miller at uh, right tackle. You can move him to the left possibly. I don't know what's going to happen. Still need another tackle, but very interesting uh, movement on the offensive line. Also today, or just recently, they signed John Brown to a very cheap deal one year to replace Aguilar. And they signed Kenyon Drake today. Some people like it. Some people don't. They signed Kenyon Drake two years, $11 million um, to be the backup running back. Although there is speculation that he's going to play more than just a backup running back role. Um, They think he's going to be very involved in the offense. And I hope that's true. So very interesting offseason. Still in desperate need of a cornerback. And a tackle still. So hopefully they uh, get that figured out. Yeah. The, uh, the big thing about the Raiders off season that I love is now you're going to have the one, two punch in the backfield of uh, Drake and Josh. Drake and Josh. So, yes, sir. So that, that's going to be very fun to see on Twitter. All those, uh, all those punts. Yeah. Um, let's move on to the chargers. Um, also not a huge off season. They signed tight end Jared cook because they lost Hunter Hunt, Henry, and they signed center uh, Corey Lindsley to a big deal. Yeah. Yep. I like the Lindsay deal. They moved on from a couple offensive uh, offensive line pieces that were struggling. Um, so I, I like that. You always got to protect your, run quarterback, your young quarterback. We've seen the Bengals fail to do that so far with Burrow, and they, we saw what happened, sadly, with the injury. So Hopefully the, the Corey Lindsley signing helps, helps a ton. He's one of the best centers in the league. So I like that. And they, we knew they weren't going to be big players anyway. They have a lot of pieces already. It's, it's a talented roster. Yep. Yeah, it's, it's uh, good to see that they're uh, investing some money into protecting Justin Herbert. The, let's move on to the NFC finally, the NFC East more specifically. The Dallas Cowboys. Now, we obviously know they signed Dak Prescott to that big four-year, $160 million contract. Other than that, pretty much just a lot of small uh, defensive signings, which they do need a lot of help defensively. 
but not a lot of uh, big name signings. I, uh, what do you guys think about the uh, Cowboys offseason? Based on well, how how last year went, we knew the big thing was we retaining Dak, and they did that. So it's it's a pretty successful offseason. And just just retaining Dak, I think that it gives them a shot because they're going to have the best QB in the division. And with the best QB, they're I know Washington defense is really good, but they're going to have a chance to compete any day because they have the best quarterback. Yeah, very winnable division. And bringing back Dak, we talked about this, but it was definitely a must. And uh, I do like the Jordan Lewis signing cornerback. I think that's a, a nice little addition for them. The New York football giants uh, signed Mike Lennon to be their backup quarterback, the uh, the neck, that's for sure. Um, oh, yeah. John Ross, um, I, I'm proud to say that's one of Ben's guys right there, John Ross, the receiver, as well as uh, Kyle Rudolph. So, Ben, what do you think about the uh, – Giants offseason. I like the Rudolph signing just because Evan Ingram can never stay healthy. And especially for a, a quarterback that's working on on not turning the ball over, a, a big target right in the middle of the field and Kyle, Kyle Rudolph is going to be perfect for them. He's the opposite of Evan Ingram because he cannot run. He's not fast anymore, but he will catch pretty much everything thrown his way. The dude is has insane hands. So that's perfect for New York. I really, really like that signing. And I expect them to continue to be active. I really think that they are probably the front runners right now for Kenny Galladay. It seems as if Kenny Galladay wants to go there just on things I've read. So getting him would be huge for them as well. They were in it till the very end last year in a, in a weak division. So they have some good defensive pieces and then just continue to shore up that offense along with Saquon Barkley coming back from injury. That's the biggest thing for them. It's not even a free agent acquisition, just the fact that they're going to have Saquon back. Yeah, and that Leonard Williams extension is really nice. Uh, he's been a very impactful player on that defense. That defense has surprised a lot of people last year. So I, uh, I'm li- I've liked their offseason so far, and I'd like it a lot more, like you said, if they can find a way to get Kenny Galladay. Yep. Um, Philadelphia Eagles, they haven't really made any moves except trading away Carson Wentz, which ultimately I think is a win for the Eagles offseason. I think yeah. they should be throwing celebration for getting rid of Jalen Mills. That for, too. He is no longer a Philadelphia Eagle. They should be very happy about that. He was he was a part of the constant pain that was the the Philadelphia secondary that got burned by pretty much any good wide receiver that played against Philly. So that's good for them. And they have no cap space, so didn't expect a whole lot, especially they're still basically paying Carson Wentz's salary. But um expect It'll be big for them what they decide to do with that high pick in the draft. Yep. Um, the Washington football team, they re-signed running back Lamar Miller. Uh, they signed a very key player in Curtis Samuel. Uh, get him away from Carolina three-year dude. He is a great – he'll be a great wide receiver too for the Washington football team. Obviously, uh, signing uh, William Jackson the third at corner is a big help then. Oh, Yeah. They got Fitzmagic. That's well, going to be a very, very fun team to watch. It's much different than a team that has been pretty – I think it's fair to say they've been pretty boring. They can play defense, but if a good Fitzpatrick is much more fun than what they've had. Yes. Well, let's not forget Taylor Heineke. Yes, we'll see who wins that quarterback competition. Yeah, I'd, I'd love to see Fitzmagic out there throwing to uh, Curtis Samuel and uh, – Terry, Terry, 
Scary Terry, former State, coach. Guys. Yep. Terry McLaurin was fired up about that. And let's not forget, they have Jordan Reed and then the two running backs of Antonio Gibson oh. and uh, J.D. McKissick. J.D. McKissick. Boom. Yeah, they, got, they got Lance Thomas. Yes. Sorry, yep. he, he came on really strong at the end of last year. Fitzpatrick will use him a lot. He, uh, we know he, he had better numbers with Mike Gusecki than Gusecki had with Tua. So we know he's a guy that likes to use a tight end. And Logan Thomas is a very athletic one. I would be tempted to pick this Washington football team to win the division again. The one thing that scares me, though, is since they finished in first place last year, they are going to have to play a first-place schedule, which means they have to play Green Bay, uh, New Orleans, and then the Rams? No, who won the West last Seattle. year? Seattle. Seattle. Right. And – and let's talk about Ryan Fitzpatrick is going into the season with expectations as being the starter. And yes. I love Ryan Fitzpatrick, but we know how that has gone in previous years. Mm-hmm. He's always a much better quarterback when no one has any expectations out of him. Yep. Um, let's move on to the, I think, much anticipated team that we're going to talk about. The Chicago Bears and the dumpster fire of an offseason. They are having it's not not even done yet it's they're in the middle of a dumpster fire right now I mean this is a team that made the playoffs shouldn't make the playoffs I don't think any of us would argue that eight and eight really shouldn't be enough to get you into the playoffs but anyway I think at this point I know it's not good for for uh, revenue for getting fans I personally the way things have gone I would at least think about moving some of their assets and getting draft capital because they don't really have any cap space. They let Kyle Fuller cut him today. Although, since he's not officially cut yet, I think some team that really wants him is going to make a move. Same thing we saw with Rodney Hudson. I think someone will trade for him before that uh, release becomes official tomorrow. Would not surprise me at all if we wake up tomorrow morning and he gets traded to somewhere, maybe like Oakland or Denver, excuse me, Las Vegas or Denver, for like a third or fourth round pick. Same thing we saw with Rodney Hudson. That'd be smart for the Raiders. Give up that same pick you just got for Hudson for an all-pro corner and Kyle Fuller. I think he'd be a great fit there. So something like that. Allen wow. Robinson, I was kind of surprised that he actually signed the franchise tag. He just did that today. I thought he could be a guy that holds out. But, um, I mean, Andy Dalton, I, I, I never thought that they were really <laughs> going to get Russell Wilson because I didn't think Russell Wilson was going to get traded. I thought he'd stay in Seattle. I didn't think they would be dumb enough to move off him. But I feel like there's other options out there, and I think you guys would agree. No offense to Andy Dalton. This is not me. I'm not trying to hate on Andy Dalton. I'm hating more on Ryan Pace's decision. It's it's mind-blowing how it just every single year it's something. I back, back to the Mitch Trubisky and the Mike Glennon and the Nick Foles trade and this, and it's crazy. Don't get me fired up about Kyle Fuller, though. If we bring in Kyle Fuller, I will be so happy. I don't even want to think of that as a realistic thing right now because I don't want to be disappointed. I, I really think just based on the fact that he has he has a very talented cornerback and the chance to get your hands on him before he hits the open market, I think Kyle Fuller will be on a new team tomorrow because I think someone, rather than wait and have to compete with other teams for an offer, I think someone would be willing to give up a mid-round pick for him because he can come right in. And if you have a decent pass rush, he can really thrive. 
I just have a bad feeling he's going to end up back with Vic Fangio in Denver. Got a bad that feeling. Would, that would not surprise me whatsoever. And that'd be a good fit for him as well. Yeah, it know? would be. And that scares me. So, Especially George Patton, too, has seen a lot of him being the guy in Minnesota. He's seen him twice a year for the last six or seven years. So he obviously knows the same thing. Kyle Fuller has had some decent games against Minnesota. So for, I'm glad that you brought that up because for them to make a move to get him is not shocking to me whatsoever. The thing with the Bears is I still can't get over the Andy Dalton thing. You have a guy like Mitch. Mitch, as we know, was not great, did not end up uh, living up to those expectations uh, that the number one, the number two overall pick has. But Mitch just signed a one-year, $2.5 million deal to be the Bills' backup. Andy Dalton signed a one-year, $10 million deal to be the Bears starter. And I would say Andy Dalton is a little bit better than Mitch, but I wouldn't say $7.5 million better. I think you overpaid for a guy like Andy Dalton that I don't necessarily think will fit well in that offense, um, especially that they still don't have a great offensive line. And you're putting Andy Dalton in a new system after last year. He's put in a new system, and he did not look great. No, I certainly don't see Andy Dalton um, changing things around there. I I can't see this team at this point um, winning more than eight games, and I think that's being a little generous. They had a pretty easy I schedule. Think it's very last generous. Year. Yeah, they have a the, the schedule next year for for that whole division. Bears got to play the NFC West and the AFC North. So I would think they're worse than the Browns. They're worse than the Ravens. Yeah, the Steelers' defense can hold that offense to three points. And yep. you never know with Burrow and the Bengals. And on the other side, Seattle, Russell Wilson's always going to give them a chance. Rams got Stafford. Cardinals signed everybody. And the 49ers with that defense and Shanahan, I mean, that could easily be seven losses right there. And that's just in half your schedule. Yeah, no. Um, if Ryan Pace wasn't on the hot seat before, I think it was very surprising that he wasn't fired this past year. Ryan Pace is on the hot seat now. His ass is on fire. They are basically a 0-2 with a blowout loss away from he not having a job. And I know they attempted to get Russell Wilson, but I feel like getting Andy Dolan and the whole thing is going to blow up, I feel like that's just going to accelerate their firing. So I, I, I think even attempting to get a young guy like Darnold or even Gardner Minshew, I feel like would have given – them more of an opportunity to not get fired than than Andy Dalton would have. I think the hopes of Chicago fans were just too high for signing Russell Wilson. I mean, you saw what they offered him. They offered him three first-round picks, a third-round pick, two starters. I mean, they could have thrown in the Bean, the White Sox, the Willis Tower, Giordano's, Millennium Park, yeah, whatever. And it still would not have been enough. They could have given him the Ferris wheel from Navy Pier, and it still wouldn't have been enough to get Russell Wilson from the Seahawks. There, I it mean, just it was as, not going to happen. As a Seahawks and, fan perspective, thank goodness for Pete Carroll. We criticize his decision making, especially in that Super Bowl. But from at least what the reports are, it sounds like at the at uh, some some scouting combine stuff like that. At least the trade was being discussed, and Pete Carroll kind of jumped. He's like, "No, no, no, we're not trading him." So you've heard the rumors about him and Russ having a rift. That's, that's still a good sign that he's defending his quarterback and is smart enough to realize that this is a top three to four quarterback in the NFL. 
and there's no reason we should move off him. I know that that team needs a lot of help and draft capital would be big. It's just, are you going to have another opportunity to get someone like this in your building? And Russell Wilson, as we know, can make up for a lot of the flaws that Seattle has. Yeah. And I, it just does not look good for Ryan Pace a year after you've been on the hot seat all year and you're basically about to have a fire sale, you know, releasing Kyle Fuller, uh, telling Akeem Hicks that he's able to look for trades. Um, maybe they trade a guy like Allen Robinson. It just does not look good for the Bears, and they are going to be in a hole for a while, I feel like. All right, let's blame, finally move off. I Go blame ahead. Cody Parkey. Everything went down. <laughs> yeah, so. yeah. I'm sure a lot of Bears fans will agree with you. Um, let's move on to the Lions. They obviously had the trade uh, to Goff and the three first or the it was the two, two it was two, two first, first round picks. picks for their future first, first round picks. picks. Yep. It's not one. It's not one this year because the Rams don't even have a first this year. They're still on the Ramsey deal. Yep. Um, they also got Packers longtime running back Jamal Williams, and they got Rashard Perriman and Michael Brockers. This there was a, a thing that came out where yeah. Brockers said that um, <laughs> after the uh, whole Stafford trade, Brockers said that Stafford was definitely upgrade over Goff, and now he's <laughs> back playing with Goff. So it's a little awkward there. <laughs> and only, only the Lions. We'll yep. see how the Goff trade does work out for them and whether he sticks there long term. They really have no weapons because Marvin Jones is gone, and it really looks like Kenny Galladay is on his way out the door. So I don't really know who uh, Jared Goff is going to be throwing to. Maybe they spend one of those top picks on one, or maybe they – I mean, I don't really know. This team's not going to be very good. After the Bears offseason, they might be in the, as, good as, as good as the Bears, but at least the Lions are starting to at least attempt to start over, it, it seems like, and, and the Bears are trying to hold on to a team that hasn't been good in, in two years. But they, they have some progress at running back. I like Jamal Williams to pair with DeAndre Swift. Uh, that that could be a good duo if they're both healthy, and and Brockers and Okarwa, the two de- defensive linemen, could could be decent for them. I did forget about Tyra Williams, so that's one guy, but he also hasn't been able to stay healthy, and he's not a wide receiver one either. Yeah, and then so you look at they have now Tyra Williams and Brashad Perriman as their top two receivers, I believe. Yep, and it's like, and now you have Jared. Like that is not going to help Jared Goff at all. I know they have two, you know, they have DeAndre Swift, Jamal Williams, still not a great running game. So it's like, I just don't see this working out for Goff. It's not a very good situation at all for him. And Well, they have your boy Hawkinson. They do have Hawkinson. I'm a big Hawkinson fan, but this, it's just not looking good for Jared Goff. It's not a better, it's a much worse situation than what he had in LA. Yep. Agreed. A lot worse. Um, the Packers really only mon- one move, and it was signing Aaron Jones to a four-year deal. Um, I know Ben, you're not a fan of this. I think Aaron Aaron Jones is a super talented running back. I really like him, and he he fits really well in that offense. I like it more. I honestly, until a couple weeks ago, I didn't know that Jamal Williams was a free agent this year. That changes things a little bit because I was thinking that they could have gone with a duo of Dylan and Jamal Williams. I still – this would be a really good signing if they didn't draft A.J. Dillon 
in the last year's draft. It's a four-year deal, so Dylan isn't taking over as the lead guy anytime soon. I think A.J. Dillon is really talented, and I think that they maybe could have used Aaron Jones' money on positions of need, especially on the defense. We saw Brady attack them a lot in the playoffs. So I think that maybe could have been used there. All in all, I, I can't really complain about re-signing a guy who is one of the better running backs in the NFL. Um, it's it, They're in such a tough spot because I can argue both ways. I, I, I think he's a, a big part of their offense, but there was also no point to draft A.J. Dillon. I know that's always going to be talked about, how they haven't gotten a weapon for Rodgers. I think this is the year that they do get one. I think they, they get one of those second-tier wide receivers, but uh, – I, we'll, we'll see. We say, we've said that every year since I think I know. they won the Super Bowl. I'm, I'm back and forth on the Aaron Jones move, and that's really the only move to talk about for their offseason. Yeah. Um. Let's go right to the Minnesota Vikings. Ben, just keep it going, man. It's your team. They've they've been more active than I thought. They've done a good job kind of freeing up space, restructuring guys. They let Riley Reef go. He had a really good season last year but they also have a young guy in Ezra Cleveland out of Boise state that potentially could kick out to left tackle and, and take over there, but they really need guard help and they haven't addressed it in free agency. So that would lead me to believe they they could do that with that 14th pick. We'll see how that goes. Cause yeah, right now Kirk Cousins is going to be running for his life because the, the tackles are good. The tackles are shored up with Cleveland and they Brian O'Neill on the other side, but the interior offensive line is going to be terrible. I like the Patrick Peterson signing. It's a one-year, $10 million contract. It's not necessarily cheap, but worst-case scenario, Gladney and Dantzler can learn a lot from him. And he's got his guy, Justin Jefferson, LSU guys, those two together. So at the very worst, I know that might not be what people want to hear, the whole like mentor thing, but it, it, he, he can definitely teach. A guy that's made eight Pro Bowls, he definitely has a lot to teach the young quarterbacks. So that's at the worst-case scenario. Best-case scenario in a more zone cover two type of scheme that Zimmer runs, and especially a guy that's always been good at cornerback. That's the best case scenario that he goes back to his former self and, and has a really great season for Minnesota. The last thing I like Dalvin Tomlinson up the middle, adding Michael Pierce, who was from Baltimore, who didn't play last year. He opted out. That's basically like two new defensive linemen up the middle, both really big guys. They're going to be really good at stuffing the run. We'll see whether they extend Neil Hunter. I think that they will. Uh, reports show that him and Zimmer had a conversation the other day and that it went pretty well. So that's a pretty good defensive line right there as, as long as they have an idea what they're going to do for the other defensive end. But a lot more active than I thought and apparently still still looking at guys. I, I could see them making a run at some sort of wide receiver three. I need Anthony Harris on the Raiders. The report as of two nights ago is that the Vikings were making a push for him, but that was before the Patrick Peterson signing. The Vikings have around four mil freed up right now, but that could get bigger with a Harrison Smith extension. That would be one of my top guys because either get Anthony Harris or Keanu Neal because they need someone to start opposite of Harrison Smith. So I would love one of those two, but I don't know what their, their uh, numbers are going to be, and those may be out of, out of Minnesota's price range. So if don't. I would not be surprised whatsoever if week one, the starting safety opposite Harrison Smith is Andrew Sandejo, just because he's so familiar with the Viking system. He was horrible last year, but I, I can totally see if uh, Anthony Harris and Keanu Neal are too expensive for Minnesota. They just turn to a guy that's probably going to play for like a vet man. Yeah. Yep. Um, let's move on to the NFC South Falcons. Not a big off season. We expect them to sign or excuse me, draft. 
one of the top three quarterbacks. It'll probably I, be. I don't know if I'm just, if I'm drafting a quarterback if I were them. Ooh. I think you could. Ooh. I just think that there's other needs there. They just restructured Matt Ryan's deal. So we'll see what that does. They lowered his cap hit for this year. He's going to have an absurd one in a couple years. But um, I, I, I don't – the thing with, with Matt Ryan's deal, he's got two or three years left. What are you going to do if you draft a young QB? Are you going to eventually bench Matt Ryan or find someone to take on his contract? Or are you going to have your rookie QB sit? I think you have your rookie QB sit. Just because we've seen it succeed in the past, um, I mean, the most obvious example is Patrick Mahomes. He sat for an entire year. The year he started for the first time, he won the league MVP, took the year by storm. Um, even a guy like Jalen Hurts, who sat most of the year, we didn't expect to play last year, came in and really turned it on and surprised a lot of people. Um, so I would not be surprised if they took a guy like uh, Zach or yeah, Zach Wilson, if he's there, maybe you got like Justin Fields or Trey Lance. Um, they draft him, sit him for a year because we expect the Falcons not really to be in it. Maybe if you're bold, you put in that guy week 15, 14, 13, somewhere around there. But I do believe I didn't think Matt Ryan was going to be a Falcon this long, it kind of surprised me. Um, but I do think next year they will eventually move on from Matt Ryan because he's getting old and they're not competing anytime soon. Yeah, well, like, you just got to make it clear. Like, we know it's not Matt Ryan's fault that they're not good. Like, that's obvious. But you're right. They're not contending. He's getting older. Um, Maybe it is time to move on. When you finally got that good draft pick, you might have a Fields available. Um, He's from the state of Georgia. So – Bring Justin Fields in if he's available. Get a fresh start. Move on from Ryan. Some team's going to want him. And, yeah, you're right. I mean, it's the defense is the issue, but I think it's about time to move on because they're not contending anytime soon. Yep. Um, the next team is the Carolina Panthers, and they uh, signed wide receiver David Moore. And pretty much – that's about it. They didn't have a big offseason. The one key guy that they lost, we mentioned earlier, was uh, Curtis Samuel. He's going to be a big hole in that offense. He played such a big role for Teddy Bridgewater. Um, it'll be very interesting to see what the Panthers do. They have the eighth pick. Um, a lot of people have Trey Lance going there. A lot of people have Kyle Pitts going there. Personally, if I were the Panthers, I would draft Pitts um, eighth overall. And then in the second round, you try and go after a guy like Trask, maybe Mac Jones if he falls into the second round. It'll be very interesting to see what the Panthers do moving forward. That's very tough because you're debating between, you know, a quarterback. If they really love um, Trey Lance, if they love what they see from him, you know, you got a very unique quarterback there that could – be the face of your franchise for a while, or you got a tight end who I think is one of the safest picks in the draft. I love Kyle Pitts. I think next year he's already going to be one of the best tight ends in football. Uh, He could do it all. And you're right. I mean, that's a very tough decision and I'm sure they already have something in mind for that. Uh, One of the signings that I thought was pretty underrated was the Hassan Reddick signing. He's a guy that was kind of labeled as a bust for um, the Cardinals And then the second half of last season really played well. 
Um, had a lot of sacks, forced fumbles. He was really playing his best football of his career. Um, but it seems that, you know, he wasn't getting much of a market. He is – he signed a one-year deal up to $8 million, six guaranteed. So he's still on another, like, prove-it-year contract. So that's one thing to definitely keep an eye on and see if he can continue to build on that strong second half. Or uh, maybe the Panthers got a steal here. Yeah. Um, I mean, my thing with uh, the Panthers drafting a guy like uh, Trey Lance, he didn't play at all last year in college. So I think if you're going to draft Trey Lance, I think he's a perfect guy that's going to have to sit a year. And I think the Panthers, I just don't think – I mean, they signed Teddy Bridgewater – but I don't necessarily – they feel like that's a guy they want to have going forward. And they just lost Curtis Samuel, so they need weapons offensively. Yeah. I think Kyle Pitts, maybe outside of Jamar Chase and Jalen Waddle, is the best skills player in this draft. Um, and I think it's going to be very hard to pass up on him when we see guys like Kelsey, Kittle, Darren Waller all have – all be really successful tight ends. So I think it's going to be very interesting to see what Carolina does there. For sure. Uh, let's move on to the defending Super Bowl champions, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Obviously, uh, Brady gets an extension till what? He's like 80 at this point. I Crazy. would think he's just going to be there until he retires whenever – Whenever that is, once once I've graduated college and got a job and have a house, he'll still be playing. Do you guys think he wins another ring there? At some point. The thing with me is it is so hard to go back to back, especially in the NFL, to win Super Bowls. So, I mean, for that reason alone, I'm not picking them to win it next year. Um, No, I'm not saying that they win it next year. I just think he could play for – four to five more years the way he's going and I think that they get one yeah I think it's going to be very interesting because assuming if they don't win it next year how Brady looks because we know Brady yeah. Brady had some struggles um I mean he had a lot of turnovers more than we're used to seeing Tom Brady do so it'll be interesting next year to see if those turnovers go up they go down if he plays you know basically the same maybe he goes up we don't know it's, um, just, it's just like you said how he looks. Because if you remember with Payton, Payton declined fast. Like, it was it was one year. Like, it, it, it wasn't a steady decline. And it just depends whether that happens or not with Brady. Yeah, Payton fell off. Payton fell off a goddamn mouth. Yeah, it, one year, he, he, he was not the same. One yep. year, he won the MVP throwing 55 touchdowns. The next year, he could literally could not throw a ball 10 yards. Yep. Um. They obviously had uh, Chris Godwin on the franchise tag. They re-signed Gronk. A couple teams were interested in Gronk, including my Bills. Would have loved to see him go there. Um, obviously, re-signing Shaq Barrett and Levante David are two very key guys for their defense. I think it's a perfect offseason so far for them. But it looks like maybe, possibly, they're going to lose playoff Lenny. You hate to see it. You absolutely hate, hate to see it. Um, but bringing back Levante David, Shaq Barrett, Chris Godwin, those were the three priorities. And then if you, you know, they managed to get Gronkowski, we still don't know about Antonio Brown, but they can keep that whole offensive group back together aside from Fournette. I mean, 
that's awesome aside uh, along with that fantastic defense yep um let's move on to the nfc west and the arizona cardinals and boy if 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 larry fitzgerald didn't retire this they would basically have signed like the 2014 pro bowl roster and larry fitzgerald may not there was reports yesterday that he's considering playing one more year although it might not be for Arizona, but you're, you're right, though, that Arizona's had a huge offseason. We'll see how it turns out. They did lose. We, we talked about it earlier, losing Kenyon Drake, but I like what I've seen in Chase Edmonds to, to, to think that he has a lot of talent. Um, A.J. Green, if he's healthy, maybe in, in Arizona he finds success because he has not found it in Cincinnati as of late. J.J. Watt paired with Chandler Jones on the defensive side. We've talked about this enough. That's a great signing. I just hope that they use Isaiah Simmons more to his potential this year because that dude is very versatile and they didn't use him like that last year. Yeah, for a team that needed the center for quite some time now, um, there's not a much better guy you can get than Rodney Hudson. So I think that was definitely worth a third round pick for them. He's so reliable and he's, I mean, he's never injured. So great pickup there and, yeah, I, I expect J.J. Watt. I think he'll do big things there. I think a very big signing that's going to go very under the radar for the Cardinals is Matt Prater. They've had a <laughs> handful of kicking issues in the past. Uh, Matt Prater, I mean, he's pretty – He's he had a kind of a down year last year, but overall through his career been very reliable. Um, I did miss the Saints – we're going to circle back back to the NFC South, go back to the Saints, because they had a – they're having a very interesting offseason. Um, Drew Brees retiring, and they have to get rid of almost $100 million in cap, and then they signed Taysom Hill to that very weird contract. And then having a guy like Jameis Winston last year on a one-year, $1 million contract, Jameis then comes in for a playoff game, throws – one touchdown, and then they re-sign him for a one-year, $5.5 million contract. I'm going to be honest. I thought this offseason was going to be a lot worse than it was, something that I never even considered that completely bailed them out is that Drew Brees restructured his contract to the vet minimum and then retired. So yeah. that, that going – I didn't even know that, that was a thing, but Drew Brees doing that – obviously just looked the hell out for the Saints by, by pulling that off. So that was a smart move for them. They obviously – they were going to have to lose some guys. But it, it, it honestly was not I, – I thought this roster was kind of just going to have to be cut to shreds to get 100 mil back and somehow – so like it just seemed like they did it at the snap of your fingers. Like all of a sudden the deadline was yesterday and they were just under – I was like, how the heck – how did this happen? And then it's just – they were still able to give the extension to Taysom Hill, which is a lot of it, just voidable money. They bring Jameis yeah. back. Marcus Williams got the franchise tag. He's a really good young safety. So, I mean, the, for for the position that they were in, their their cap salary manager deserves every bit of his salary. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's go back to the NFC West. The L.A. Rams obviously getting Matthew Stafford in the trade really helps them because we know Sean McVay hates draft picks for some reason. Uh, he's or he zags while everyone else zigs. Uh, <laughs> re-signing Leonard Floyd, that's very big. Um, he was key for them last year. 
Yeah, that was really about all they could do. They don't have any cap space. They have a lot of stars on big deals, especially on defense, and then guys on the offensive side of the ball. There's a couple of them as well. Um, if they win a Super Bowl with this roster, I guess it would just go to show that first-round picks don't matter, or I guess they don't matter if you can trade them for, for star players because the Rams haven't had a first-round pick since Jared Goff in 2016, and they won't have one for three more years, which is absolutely insane. But uh, it's it's going to basically be the same same Rams team running it back, just add in a level up in Matt, in Matt Stafford, as Michael Brockers would say. There's going to be a possibility of three L.A. teams winning championships next year. Or this, you know, upcoming season of sports. Real possibility. I love this Rams team. We saw saw Boston kind of be the title town in the early 2010s. Let's see if L.A. can kind of take title town back. Yeah, they're definitely I, possible. The Dodgers aren't going away anytime soon. Yeah, and neither the Lakers. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but they but they got to deal with Jokic, as we know. Yeah, got to deal with Jokic. And we're all forgetting that LA is Kawhi's Kawhi's place. This yeah, is true. This is his true. city. No, I Just think ask it, Skip Bayless. I think it's Paul's New Balance. <laughs> I think it's more Paul George's city at this point. I I I don't know, but Paul George never made a commercial. Yeah, he yeah he never claimed. It's funny with Skip Bayless; he is completely just turned away from Kawhi. He's not even on the Clippers at all anymore. That's funny. He's gone full. Um, That's. Let's go, uh, San Francisco 49ers. Uh, a couple of uh, interesting moves: signing Jason Verrett, Emmanuel Mosley, Alex Mack, the center, Trent Williams, the lineman, and probably. My favorite signing, Kyle Juszczyk on a five-year deal. Love the fullbacks. Yeah, Juszczyk is an integral part of that offense, especially with a, uh, I guess, not top-tier quarterback. He's a guy that they do a lot of crossers, a lot of motion. So that's why they use Juszczyk so much. I still don't love Garoppolo. He can win you games. He, I think if you just want to define game manager, you can just put a picture of him at this point. He had a lot more upside, it seemed, in New England. But I, I guess now it just the, – the way things are going, he's just not that anymore. I really like their weapons. Obviously, Kittle, Debo Samuel when he's on the field. And I love Brandon Ayuk, their rookie pick from last year. So they have weapons. Mostert's going to be back, potentially healthy. But – um. It's just staying healthy for this team because we saw how devastated they were by injuries last year. It's been rumored that Deshaun Watson likes the 49ers. And now that they got Trent Williams locked up, this is a very good offensive line. They have a very good run game. And you give Deshaun Watson that along with George Kittle, along with Brandon Ayuk, Debo Samuel, they're winning a Super Bowl. Do not let Deshaun Watson end up in San Francisco. I just I don't believe him going there. I think he'd be a good fit, yes, but I don't like you're gonna have to give up probably three first round picks and a couple players. Yeah, and I just like we've seen the 49ers make the Super Bowl with Garoppolo pretty much just running the football. I don't think they necessarily need a big star quarterback, although yes, it would help. I just don't think they need it. Yeah. Um Let's finally go to our last team, 
32 teams in the Seattle Seahawks. Very interesting offseason. Basically, their key signings, Gerald Everett and Gabe Jackson. I mean, that's that's about it. Yeah. the Raider, I mean, the Raiders are going to move on from Gabe Jackson, and Seattle could really use him. So I think that was a good trade for him. They got him for a fifth-round pick. So I think that was a nice pickup. Um, losing their top corner is tough. It's uh, tough to overcome that for sure. But, I mean, they still have Russell Wilson. They still have DK Metcalf. They have a very good offense. And they're still capable of winning this division. But their division is absolutely loaded right now. And I think the the Gerald Everett signing is kind of underrated as well. They have had trouble, at least somewhat trouble with tight ends. The Greg Olson experiment last year didn't really work. And I think Gerald Everett will, will be utilized more in Seattle, especially for a guy that, that runs around like Russell Wilson does, and they have to get the ball out quick. I think he'll be used more there. Yeah. Yep. All right. I think that's going to wrap up our um, bracket – or not – excuse me. Our, right. uh, our He's just got uh, the NFL March offs- mindset. All, I all do. Day, it's March. It's March. You know, what? let's just let's just bri- it's been a longer episode. Let's just briefly go over the two playing games that happened. Texas Southern Mount St. Mary. I actually was not able to watch this game. I had to drive Gingy to Indiana. So shout out him. Shout, um, out. shout out to Gingy, Adam Griffins. Um, Colin, I'm a, Colin, I'm assuming you watch this. I see Texas Southern had a big second half comeback. Yeah. Yeah. Um, who are they? They're going up against Michigan, is that right? Yeah, I love this Texas Southern team because they uh, – I believe they're playing Jackson State, Dion School, and they hit a uh, game-tying three at the buzzer to go to OT, and they end up now facing Michigan because they hit that shot. So it's it's been a, it's been a long run for them. I'm very happy for them. Uh, and yeah, they did have a huge second half comeback. I was watching it briefly, you know, I was paying attention, but they were down 10 and a half. So good win for them. Um, Wichita state Drake, very ugly game. In the first half, um, 21 to 20 at the end of the first half, but got a little more exciting towards the end. Drake started to hit some shots, a little bit of chaos at the end, which <laughs> March madness. We love Wichita state had a chance to win it. Um, and they, I mean, they missed, they missed their, uh, they missed their opportunity there at the end. Drake goes on to play USC. I like USC going deep in the tournament. Mm. Um, I, mean, I have, I have them potentially going to the elite eight. You said USC. USC. Yeah. I, I like USC. I know we discussed this. I have them beating Kansas. I do you yeah. even have Kansas winning a, a game. I have them beating Eastern Washington. Okay. I don't love it, but because um, I, I think Eastern Washington does fly under the radar. But I have Kansas just because Bill Self has been there, and they still have a decent, a pretty good team. But I think USC is going to be a tough matchup. And then USC versus either Iowa or Oregon yeah. is going to be interesting. But I do like – it depends who they play. But I do like USC a lot this year. Um, and then, as of right now, we have Norfolk State and Appalachic State. Um, Norfolk is blowing out Appalachic State, so that's that's always fun to see. And then later, 
UCLA, Michigan State. We're all excited for that one. Did you see um, for uh, Drake, their big man, number 51, he hit that big shot down the line, Darnell Brody. What a, what a, what a name. And a number, 51. Oh, That's yeah. tournament guy. Yep. Um, if you look ahead towards tomorrow, just real quick. Oh, I'm so first day, First day of the bracket. What are some games? Well, give me like two or three games you're really excited for. Hmm. Man. I, in fact, I'll go first. I'll give you guys some time. I am very interested to see this Colgate-Arkansas game. Um, Colgate is a team I love just because they're a team that can score at will. And Arkansas, we saw, was probably the second-best team in the SEC, but the SEC was very weak this year. So that'll be interesting to see. I'm interested for Texas Tech-Utah State. That'll be a very good game. Um, Loyola. I actually, you know, what? I think I think Georgia Tech beats Loyola Chicago by mm. a lot. Wow, that's my that's my prediction. But one that's flying very under the radar. A team a lot of people have beating Illinois. A, a team a lot of people have going to the Final Four. Oklahoma State Liberty. I have Oklahoma State going far, but do not sleep on Liberty. This yeah. team is very good. Yeah, that game could destroy a lot of people brackets right right or early. That's at 525 tomorrow, 525 Central. So that could be huge. And then another one, uh, I'm really looking forward to watching Villanova be Winthrop. Winthrop only has one loss. But um, I know a lot of people wouldn't pick them. I like Villanova. I don't think Jay Wright's going to let them lose in the first round. And that's been one. I see a whole lot of memes about it. It's like there's if you're just a casual, if you pick Villanova to beat Winthrop. But I – I, I, I think Villanova gets out of that one. I like I like them there. That's actually the last game of the night. So some good games. Obviously, I'm looking most forward to Saturday night. See Mizzou probably lose their, their first-round matchup for, I believe, the, like six times out of the last six times that they've been in the bracket. So, Hey, hey Donovan. Yeah? Uh, probably haven't heard this. Georgia Tech, their leading scorer – and their leading rebounder for a team that is 331st in rebounding in the country is out for this game against Loyola Chicago. I got Loyola covering the five and a half. I think it'll be a lower scoring game. I got Loyola. I think I think they're going to cover this one. I don't see Georgia Tech, although they're hot, I don't see them winning it without their best player. That probably will change my pick. <laughs> My thing with Loyola, Chicago, I, like, I think it was going to be a very tough game. So having a guy like that out is will probably be like the swaying factor. But for me, um, Loyola, Chicago, just, I, this isn't the same team we saw in, what was it, 20, 2018, 2017, something around there. Um, Andy, if you believe, you obviously aren't on the – you're not on the train. It's okay. We don't want they're you. not the Dina same team. Going to the game. We don't want. I you. know she we is, don't want you but anyway. it's not the same team. They are not a good shooting team. I think they're better. Maybe they're not more built for this tournament, but they are a better overall team than that last Loyola team. They are, I think, top five defensively in the country. They, they are, are very good. They are very good defensively. I will give you that. But. but at the they same are, time, when I say they're better, I don't think they're better built for this tournament because you're right. You need the three-point shooting. 
but I think they're a better overall team because of how good their defense is. They were not a defensive squad last time they are in tournament. And, you know, they've been there before. At least, like, two of these guys on the roster have been. Sister Jean's going. The Magic's going to be there. They're going to challenge Illinois. I will say this. I have been making constant changes to my bracket pretty much every hour since, since the brackets opened. Looking at it now, a day before the uh, tournament starts, I have a lot of chalk going on, and it's, it's scaring me. Well, did you see the Barackotology that got released today? Yeah. <laughs> he went yeah, straight he, chalk. He went chalk. He All is Chalky McChalkerson. Yeah, I mean, you love to see it. I, I kind of missed when uh, I got to watch those every year. Yeah. He loves some good uh, Barackotology, but uh, the dude just goes straight chalk every single – bracket he makes not surprising but uh <laughs> yeah he went uh he went full i was surprised he didn't have illinois winning have we ever had um four one seeds in the final four has that ever no i don't not that i recall looking Thank at my bracket now i have three one seeds i don't love it i i'll probably do some changing in the next like eight hours but yeah. i i hate being I hate going chalk. I hate going chalk, but I just yeah, I just well, it's tough. It is so tough. That's why I went uh, Oklahoma State over Illinois because I can't have and I Michigan's you know without one of their best players, so I couldn't. Yeah, have them. but like Oklahoma State doesn't have a guy that can guard Cockburn. Yeah, I mean they do have some. They do have some big bodies, but no one that's gonna like challenge him on the offensive side. They can, you know, they can put a body on him, but they don't have a real threat to score down low consistently. So no. that is something that worries me. But I think Io, I think Io will have ups and downs in that game. But I mean, just Coburn, Cockburn, whatever, whatever the hell you want to call him, he's just <laughs> he is a man. He's a man amongst boys in college basketball. He is he is a, a big motherfucker that I just I don't see how people can stop them um i just i don't know the thing that scares me is that i think illinois can win their bracket i think gonzaga is going to win theirs am i gonna have to change my winner does baylor maybe not come out of their side it's gonna be it's tough because if ohio state great matchup too ohio state and baylor potentially yeah, I hate I hate Michigan Alabama being the two for the East for me because I could easily see those two getting knocked out in like the round of thirty two or Sweet Sixteen. I really don't like it, but I don't like anything else. I just hate that whole that whole region. It's just that that region is what's going to screw up my bracket the East. Well, yeah, because there's always one region that's like complete madness, and I think that's the one. It's going to be where the it's the most beatable for the like the top teams are most beatable. Yep. So that's my region where like some madness happens. Maybe three seed Texas isn't cr- that crazy, but that's who I have coming out of that region. I could see Florida State coming. I could see LSU come out of that region if they if they got hot from yeah. There's from so scoring. Many- Florida State. It's like I don't. I want to pick. I want to pick LSU to come out of that region so bad, but I'm not going to. <laughs> yeah, if you guys didn't know, I mean, this is not March Madness related, but you know, you hate to see Boise State missing out in the tournament. They didn't finish strong this year. They are in the NIT right now. They're playing at the moment. They got SMU 
if we can't have March Madness, I want my boy Ray J. Dennis hoisting up the NIT trophy. Yes, sir. So I'm still riding along with the Broncos. That's all I got. I just, I just, part of me loves my bracket. Part of me hates my bracket. I just, I don't know. We'll, we'll talk about this more off air. We got to wrap up this episode. Got about this, 12 hours to get it in. So, yeah, this, this episode has been very long. Thank you all for listening. Please, for the love of God, for the love of this podcast, please join our bracket pool. Have a chance to win some money. Um, be on the show. We can talk about whatever. Uh, we're up for anything. Um, but please sit your asses on the couch and watch some goddamn basketball this weekend. This is March. Thank you all for listening. This has been Tub Talks. <laughs> Oh,